We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Wombo Combo Podcast. That's right, another week of competitive Dota 2 to talk about, and as always, excited to be here with you guys. Welcome to the show. I'm Brick CBK, of course, as always, joined by BSJ, and uh, we definitely have some things to talk about this week. You know, it wasn't the busiest week of sorts necessarily, but still some content to talk about, including, finally, I think this week, we're going to get around to doing this whole player draft that we've been talking about. Uh, it, it makes sense. It's it kind of uh, kind of helped fill some content, and something that should be a lot of fun, so we'll be doing that later on in the show. We're also going to be taking a preview look at some upcoming matches, including for the We Play event that is currently happening right now, as well as obviously recapping up to this point how that's been playing out and a little bit of drama. We're going to sprinkle in a little bit of drama that uh, once again has arisen over a topic that both you and I, especially you, are very familiar with when it comes to uh, streaming matches. But with all that in mind, BSJ, how you doing, buddy? Keeping hydrated, I see. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I'm doing great. My sleeping schedule is a bit weird, but uh, you know it's just the life of the quarantine. Woke up like three hours ago, so that's uh, that's how it is. No really point in being awake during the day, other than the two or three hours that we do go outside. It's been nice though, just going on some runs, going to get some decent food. That's like you know to go, obviously, because there's no you know uh, eating at restaurants or anything like that, but. So, uh, but do the grind, man. A lot of coaching sessions recently. I've learned that nice. the best business decision for my coaching session was my coaching session business. Coaching session business is to just have a global pandemic that forces people to stay home, so they have more time to play Dota. That's 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 what I've learned. So uh, it's all gone according to plan. 
Makes sense, makes sense. You know, making the best of it is, of course, something we're all trying to do right here. <clears throat> and this show is obviously part of that, and the Dota 2 scene is, is certainly doing its part when it comes to that. Of course, these last couple of weeks, the last month even plus, has certainly been very interesting, and some topics that have come up, when, even as big as the cancellation of uh, TI-10, obviously, that we talked about a couple of, couple of weeks ago. But uh, we continue, the grind continues, and once again, excited to be here to talk more Dota 2 with you guys. So, uh, as mentioned, of course, a a big event that's currently going on right now is the we play event uh, now before we get into results and everything uh, we are getting to a point where there's three teams remaining um, so the lower finals and then the grand finals in fact taking place tomorrow it's, it's a little odd that it lines up on a Tuesday but uh, that's just how the schedule worked out and hey it's it actually works out for our podcast pretty well as far as being able to being able to preview it so excited to do that but uh, let's go ahead and go over this topic here that was brought up uh, two or three days ago now, I want to say. So, we play, you, you know, both you and I, again, not to put words in your mouth, but certainly you've also praised we play in the past for many different things. I definitely have had the chance to work with them uh, on multiple occasions, and I have, for the most part, absolutely nothing but praise about this company and what they've done. Um, they they kind of came in almost out of nowhere in some sense in the Dota 2 scene a couple of years ago, and they really broke through, especially on the production side of things. They do a fantastic job with uh, the production at studios, and this is another example of that, the current event that they're throwing on with the caches that are there, both the NA and the Russian talent. Um, but it is not necessarily all 100% praise, and I say that because the situation came up where uh, a caster by the name of Colt Fox, uh, he's a caster, I believe, yes, from Brazil, looks like, so for the South America region, he uh, he made a he made a post about how we play specifically DMCA'd his YouTube account that he live streams from and creates content on for a lot of these events. Uh, they DMCA'd him, which essentially means they took down his videos of streams, and I don't think they took down 100% of channel by any means but uh the streams and the videos that were incorporated with moving forward uh for his coverage of this event he was following all the rules that have been set in place by valve yet still action was taken by WePlay, which in itself according to valve and a statement that they made a year a couple of years ago now uh no one can do that but them so this really this opens up a yet another bag of worms, however you want to describe it. But before I give you know go too much into it myself, I am curious of BSJ. So when you heard about this and your kind of reaction on this topic, um, it's a weird one, right? Uh, for people who don't know the history, I was actually in that like yep. decision to the valve passed down. What I mean by that is I was like one of the people that got banned. And uh, I actually got asked by Bruno himself, like, you know, what do you think? You know, do you think that they have a good point? Like, I'm not saying he's not like saying, should you be banned? But he's saying, you know, could you just rebroadcast the games later on your channel and stuff like that? And my answer was like, well, it wouldn't be the same. I'm just watching the games. I'm not casting or anything like that. My goal was to just watch. Um, and that's something I've been doing with my viewers. And I would hate to think that, like, I just have to turn off my stream anytime there's a professional match and I'd like to watch it. That just, like, if I'm just randomly streaming for eight to ten hours and there's a professional match that I'd like to tune into, uh, it just seems like a strange thing. But I've also heard the other side of the argument where, uh, because of this whole idea that Valve owns Dota and that all in game client Dota games are Valve owned. It makes the game like less enticing for 
for tournament organizers to make money from. Like they don't necessarily want to work in that dynamic. So uh, ever since then, I, I was just like, yes, please, like let me just stream the games. Like I'm not doing anything fancy. I'm not stealing their content. I, I thought, yeah, I was like, it's Dota content. Um, I think it may we may be seeing a shift, and I think. Like in sometime in the next couple of years, this is potentially going to get reverted. I think. I think there was obviously a loser of this situation, meaning that uh, tournament organizers probably a bit sore from that decision two or three years ago, mm-hmm. and it only makes sense to me that they would lash out again about it. Like I wouldn't necessarily, from their perspective, be like, "Yeah, that's fine. I'll just deal with it." You know, uh, and I think you know the person involved that got banned it it doesn't really matter who it is like i think they were just looking for a target like that's how i see this whole situation uh, i don't think like he did anything specifically wrong i don't think uh like i think he's absolutely in his own right to do what he's doing i just think this is the tournament organizer saying like okay we understand there was the decision but really it's not okay you know like something like that i think that's what they're trying to say and I know Val like hates the shit. <laughs> I know that yeah. they absolutely hate having to get involved in situations like this. Uh, I'm sure this will piss them off if anything. I know from what I understand about Valve, tournament organizers would have to logistically present them with an argument saying, if you do this, we have proof that your game will make more money. Like yeah. if you change this ruling, you will make more money. Um, that's like exactly what Valve's like thought process is in general. I don't obviously know the exact inner workings, but I have a very good idea of how they make their decisions. So is that possible to convince them? I actually think it would be like, I think you could convince me at least that if you were to give terminal organizers exclusive rights to their games, that they would be willing to invest more into Dota uh but at the same time it's like for me personally i'd be unaffected now right because i'm like a bro like i'm a known broadcaster i you know my stream is fine if i'm not streaming these games like but also like i get invited to events anyway but if you're like an up-and-coming broadcaster how would you ever get into the scene like how i i I don't know you you wouldn't be able to that was my whole argument back then and i don't want to be like now that i've moved on let's forget about the little guy like so, uh, you know, it's a t- it's a sensitive subject. There's a reason why there's a constant debate over it, and why we've come back to it. I think after such a long period of like kind of just acceptance from the from the turnaround organizers. Um, yeah, it's hard. I I think it's more money, but I also think it's like potentially bad for the healthiness of the scene. And then at that point you have to choose one or the other. There's no, like, it's like choosing the worst, the the least worst of the two evils or whatever, the best mm-hmm. of two evils, whatever it is. So, <laughs> um, whatever that saying is, uh, that's how I feel about it. I obviously feel bad for, uh, the YouTuber cold Fox, but I, uh, and I can completely relate. <laughs> like, let me tell you, I can relate because that literally exact same thing happened to me back then. So, yeah. uh, I think it's important that he takes a stand that the, scene as a whole takes a stand and makes their voices heard um but anybody who does make their voices heard i would hope would be educated about the benefits and the uh drawbacks of both sides to this argument
With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to esports to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChute.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. BlueChew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, B-L-U-E-CHEW.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. For me, there's definitely two parts to all this situation as there's been in the past before. and This specifically, it's one part is... No matter what you think about this decision made by Valve, or if you agree with it or you don't agree with it, they made a decision. They made a statement, as you as you put there. In fact, I, I pulled up the statement. This was back in January of 2018, so a little over two years ago now. Um, and they made it very clear no one besides Valve is allowed to send DMCA notices for games streamed off of Dota TV. Absolutely. Yeah. So we play is absolutely in the wrong here. Now you oh, make they're, they're absolutely wrong. Yes. You you do make an interesting point though, and I didn't think about it necessarily, but that, that is a fair point that they know that they're wrong. They're just getting attention, right? And this is their way to get attention on this issue yet again, once again. Because in fact, a year ago, we play themselves actually was involved in this with a caster by the name of Casper, uh, a Russian caster. And for their event that was going on during that time, they also filed a DMCA against him. So it, this isn't even a first-time offense for them. Clearly, they know that the rule exists. They are just going out of their way almost to make a point. So I I, I could see that, but it, it goes back to they are 100% in the raw no matter how much I personally appreciate what they've done for the scene, etc. Um, but then there is also the side of it of exactly what the interpretation of this run, whether or not we fully agree with it. And for me personally, I mean, kind of going off what you were saying right there again, I have a similar track and yes, I obviously came from, I came from heroes of new earth and had success over there. Certainly my name was known to an extent, but by no means was I, you know, a top tier caster that was getting invited to events right off the bat for Dota two. In fact, it took quite a while for that to even start uh, to happen. And so I had, had to start with like many others out there many of these lower tier casters that 
rely on the access that Dota itself brings with Dota TV. And and I'll say Absolutely, that yeah. what that was one of the first things that absolutely got me excited and surprised me the most was how great the Dota TV system was. I mean, I was familiar with HLTV, playing Counter-Strike, TFC, etc. back in the day, but with what they in- integrated into Dota 2 specifically and how they made it work so fluid and how you could access all these games, tournament matches, pub matches, etc., and all the control you had, it was absolutely amazing. So I off the bat when I first came into the scene, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to start casting uh, tournaments on my own just just because I was quickly brought. It was brought to my attention very quickly by by viewers, not not by tournaments or anything, but by viewers are like, I don't know if you could stream this tournament, by the way. I don't know if you're allowed to do this. It was always this, this very black cloud, this very fuzziness of like, are, why is it available I just assume, okay, it's available, so I'm allowed to do this for anyway. I mean, anyone can watch this or whatever, but it was constantly brought up, and I, and I always thought that was the strangest idea, that that was the strangest thing, that like people would bring this up. So I, I kind of did actually stay away from it because, again, obviously I wanted to you know, be, be an up-and-coming caster. I didn't want to piss off TOs or whatever, but then everything happened, the whole Grand Grand situation, and as you mentioned yourself uh, and other names, Bulldog, etc., were brought up uh, through through the similar circumstances here um, over time. And again, this is now over two years ago where Valve did put their foot down as much as they don't want to have to deal with the situation, and I can understand that, but it is a situation, uh, and they made it pretty clear. So uh, I guess it all goes back to, yeah, the DMCA absolutely should not have been done by WePlay, and I, 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 I certainly do stand by uh, Cold Fox here and any of these other casters that are using the tools uh, that are accessible to them. This is, this is a Valve situation. No matter how much they don't want to deal with it, they need to figure something out is, is the basic of this. I'm not here to do that for them necessarily, but they need to either just limit it to just the TOs, the access of Dota TV. Obviously, that would piss a lot of people off for many different reasons, but that is one route they could go or something because this constant fuzzy cloud and the the once again recycling of cash is getting DMCA'd and it's just a never-ending cycle, it feels like at this point, it, it is getting a little ridiculous. So I do hope Valve finally comes to the sense of trying to figure something out, whether it's to benefit TOs or one side or the other. And make and make a very strong stand right here because it's just it. This is just going to keep happening if they don't. Yeah, it's tough because one of them's probably going to make them more money, and the other one's going to make it so. Like somebody in chat made a good point where it's like uh, in this case, the person that is broadcasting is broadcasting in a different language. Uh, yeah. For me, I look at that as like a very similar thing to what I was doing way back was I was watching games from player perspective and like commenting on what they were seeing from their own player perspective. You know, I was, I was watching the game and narrating what it would be like to be playing carry in this specific game. And what I mean by that I find that similar is I'm offering content that is unique to my channel, just as he is, you know, with the fact that it's in a different language. This is content that you could not find on the mainstream. So it's like this argument where, yeah, you make more money for the tournament organizers and they're going to be like more happy to host your game. But then at the same time, I think people love that about Dota, that there's this random, like all these sources of content that are just varying. Like if you watch a Bulldog cast, you know, he's just memeing, you know, saying Twitch emotes the whole time. Um, you know, instead, if you like that, it'd be completely different than watching a Grand Grand cast or me randomly casting from my stream. Uh, it's like a different take on the game entirely. And 
some people don't want to watch like the rigidity of events. You know, mm-hmm. I thought I personally thought like competition breeds, you know, growth. And uh, I thought that like if events like at the time when I asked them to make the decision they did, I said, you know, I thought if events uh, were losing viewers to streamers that they just need to do a better job. <laughs> like they need to have a better broadcast. I feel like it could potentially promote like lower production value because if there's no other way to watch the game people are just going to watch your channel anyway um but if like the event production is shit and they can just watch me instead and the event's losing 3k viewers because of that or something i think that's overall a good thing for the community as a whole uh not like obviously saying from my perspective obviously i'm appreciative of when they did it badly or whatever um but yeah, I think it keeps them, you know, it's the whole idea of a monopoly. They don't have this monopoly on the games themselves, but they obviously are like the primary source of of the content. Usually they'll get the most viewers and it also promotes like if there's a streamer or a broadcaster that's stealing your viewers, maybe he's just good enough to get invited to that event. You know, like yeah. why not give him a chance to be there? Uh, it's a bit different though when you look at, bulldog because it's like to be honest he probably makes so much in a day of streaming that you'd have to pay him absurd amounts to to go to your events so that's like a off the table you can't just you can't use that argument for the big players like bulldog and it's like and then at that point are they going to make exceptions or are they going to make special cases and it's like i don't think that's going to work either um i'm just presenting not necessarily a side here but i'm presenting like it's a seemingly simple issue where it's just like pick one or the other, but it's not the factors that add up to the final decision. There's a lot of them. And it's like, for me, I, I could just run through my head, like all these different reasons why each side would want to do what it wants to do. And uh, I agree with you that at the end of the day, the only solution and the only way this will get sorted out is if valves valve puts their foot in the ground either way. There's no, like there's so many arguments for both sides at the end of the day, you know, valve is the judge, jury and executioner. They just have to just do it. Yeah. And well, that's where it is a little odd though. Right. Because even as I'm thinking back on what I just finished with there, and as you said it again, they did in a sense they made it pretty clear that they're the only ones like a DMCA. Yeah. Here we are with, we play doing it multiple times. Like I said, they did it a year ago. Now they just did it again. So, I guess what I'm getting at, they, there should there needs to be some kind of punishment from Valve towards WePlay as far as they're not going to be able to host you know official events on the line. They obviously just got one recently with the minor here. You know maybe that's something that they're, they're going to have to talk with them about. Be like, you guys are completely going against our word. Um, no, we're not going to host a, an event with you next year. You know something along those lines. So it's. That that's where I guess Valve certainly needs to to make it make it very clear, and they need to make an example. I guess you could say is uh, is the best way to put it. I think it's fine if you do something similar to what you did with Solo, where you the person that does it first, like in this case we play. Um, I think you're willing to be a bit easy on them, but give them some small punishment, but then lay down the rule that like if anyone else does this, you will be banned from hosting tournaments in Dota. Sure. Like. Like, uh, you know, it's kind of like what happened with Solo and then what happened with Smash. It's like I still support that anyone that throws games after Solo got in trouble the way he did should just be permabanned. Like, I think that that's absolutely unacceptable. And I think I honestly think that these tournament organizers don't realize how big of an impact 
what they're doing is having on the person. Like, I don't think they give a shit about the person that they're DMCAing, right? Like, they they aren't even considering the repercussions on that person. I can't and, imagine my, my channel getting DMCA'd, you know, especially when I was very early on in Dota 2, and be like, what the hell? Like, you know, I, I can yeah. imagine the panic that that, would, that was set. So they sure. just don't care. Like, yeah. and they have to be, they have to be enforced in a way that it says, this is a serious issue, like back the hell off, you know? Uh, because at the end of the day, it's, it's hard to envision. I can imagine, like, I'm not like protecting we play by this, but like, I'm sure from their perspective, they just see a flea on their windshield and they just want to smack it off. Like that's what they see. Um, but there's a lot that goes into how much work it uh, takes to become a broadcaster, to form a channel. Uh, and I don't think they see any of that. And it's like, at the end of the day, I'm sure when people originally were throwing games, they just thought like, you know, I, I've put so much time and effort into this game. I just wanted to make some money, but like, then they don't think about all the people they're negatively affecting while doing that. And you have to be punished and reminded and convinced of like the results of your actions. And I think uh, Valve handing out a punishment that would do that uh, would set it on like a similar precedent to something like that. So yeah, just using an example. All right. Well, uh, I think I think it's good. I, I could certainly talk more about it, but I think it is time to move on from uh, from that topic yeah. there. And again, it's it's a good topic. It is. It absolutely is. And and the, the idea that here we are yet again. Like I say, it's just now that we're talking it's like reminding me it's it feels like every six months or 12 months it will yet again another big example comes up and here we go with that discussion again so uh valve uh you know wonder what they're going to do this time when it comes to stepping in is the uh, is the conclusion from that so um all right so with that in mind the we play event is of course happening uh so figured it made sense to of course recap how it's been playing out up until this point um so whether or not you agree with that decision, everything, and what they did uh, as far as the DMCA goes, they still are putting on a pretty awesome event, um, both production side as well as uh, the, the the matches themselves. But um, in the playoffs, uh, as far as the the group stages, you know, where did we finish off actually last week? I want to double check May eighth. So yeah, it was just finishing up the group stages. That's right. Yeah, playoffs had not started yet. Yeah, so uh, the, it ended with a tiebreaker between Nigma and OGC, by the way, and. Uh, Enigma did end up defeating OGC in that tiebreaker to officially um, go on right there. But we're, wait, did they? Hold on, now I'm looking at this and it says they won the yeah, tiebreaker. Yeah, I see this, and then wait, what? I don't, see, I don't see either of those teams in the playoffs. Why did they play? Was that for money or something? I guess that might have been for money. Yeah, it might have. Oh been yeah, for... it was. All right, so that's not really a big deal. <laughs> it's it's two thousand dollars difference, which okay, whatever. XD, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Nigma, they they're 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 wiping their tears with the second place TI winning. Uh, and that whole TI that they won before that, yeah, it's uh, rough times for them, I know. Uh, no, but as far as this event goes, back to it uh, again early on. NIP actually advancing on, looking good. But gotta say, my boys, Liquid certainly uh, having continuing a strong running. Here in this event, and just earlier today, in fact, I did get the chance to catch a bit of that series, uh, the, the classic Liquid versus Alliance series, and Liquid did overcome them in the end, two to one, uh, in that. So, uh, and then that's, I guess, a spoil a little bit further than that. They also defeated Virtus Pro to get to the lower bracket finals, where they're going to play VP Prodigy. So that that's another storyline that's certainly a bit of a surprising one, perhaps. But VP Prodigy, the, the roster of uh, Epileptic, uh, FN, DM, Save, and Ein, 
They're in uh, the lower finals against Team Liquid right now, and then Secret, of course, in the grand finals. But uh, all these storylines here, BSD, what stood out to you? Uh, I would say most notably, I'm looking at this bracket, and that Team Liquid Alliance series is the only 2-1 in the entire playoffs. There's 12 series, and there's 11 2-0s and 1-2-1. I feel like I'm, I'm looking at these drafts, and a lot of teams are kind of just picking the same thing twice in a row, or at least similar heroes. I'm like looking at VP's drafts, and they're very, very similar comps to what they were picking at ESL. But yet, I'm also seeing like highly different priorities between the teams. So uh, I think this meta kind of sits that, fits that too. Everyone kind of just – that's what I love about Dota, man. I don't know how, but every single meta, every single team is able to just have their own take and their own preferred heroes. Yeah, there's always like the strongest heroes or whatever, but um, – I'm just like looking at these drafts and going through it and seeing like, you know, Team Liquid win Coddle Bristle both games against Secret and Lost, but then like they go to the lower bracket and we see Shadow Demon Centaur every single game. Um, like these teams are just going to their bread and butter of what they think works for them in this current patch. And it's like, you know, I don't think I'll ever see Lone Druid on 80% of these teams, but then I see Liquid with Koikfa, you know, take second game of off Virtus Pro with, with Lone Druid. So yep. uh, I just... I'm looking at these results. I would say VP Prodigy is definitely the most shocking, but looking at the teams in the upper bracket, I think playing Alliance and NIP, you know, those are probably two of the easier teams. Uh, obviously, VP Prodigy, in my opinion, is not a nobody. You know, they're, they're obviously a well seasoned roster of players. There are names you recognize with FN, Save, Epileptic Kid, etc. Um, but yeah, I. Overall, I'm just my general impressions. I'm just surprised there's so many two O's. <laughs> that's probably my major takeaway from this. Yeah, uh, that's fair there. Uh, definitely. Now, uh, there's actually a clarification I want to make. Uh, it's being pointed out in chat uh, by RN Jesus 007. So, <clears throat> shout out to you for thank you for pointing that out. Uh, that is that uh, the tiebreaker match was actually to see which of those two teams would continue on for next season's Division oh. One, and then the loser went to Division Two for the next season of this. So. Uh, that's that's kind of cool. So this, this is intended to be kind of a continuation. There is the division two, as we've talked about as well, um, going on with this. So oh, so they're actually a hundred percent doing it like they are doing the regular season next year. That Valve like announced. This is like the exact formula that Valve used. Oh, is or, it? Like, yeah. Remember with uh, the eight teams and Valve's leagues they announced yeah, that the yeah. bottom two would get demoted to. See, so Division Two and the top two of Division Two would get promoted to, hmm. to Division One. So I think they're just trying to mimic that. I think it's a reasonable plan. We did talk about like some holes with that, and like some players presented like if you have one bad run that you can't get to two majors from now or whatever. Like if you make some roster swaps, but yeah. uh, overall, I think it's a cool idea as long as the rosters are like stable and and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah, so so, so very very good. So if this was that OG seed and bait would have to wait a, a whole another cycle, qualify again, and then have to yeah. wait until the next one. Yeah, exactly. they'd, they'd be in a tough spot. So I don't think that would be the most surprising thing ever. But Sadly, or a good thing, sadly, however you look at it, bait will probably win a game <laughs> to break their you know 27 oh. lose streak or whatever since they're in Division 2 now. Yeah, I heard about that. That is uh, that is brutal. Poor Dendy, man. Poor Dendy. But... Hey, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how they, they move forward there. But, uh, yeah, no, that is actually pretty cool. That's, that's fun that, that you bring that up. Uh, the realization is, is real, I suppose. 
but yeah, so that leads us to our top three teams. Again, secret, maybe to no one's surprise in the end, is in the grand finals. You mentioned all those two nothings that took place. Uh, but uh, I figured uh, we'd, we'd, okay, so we'd go ahead and do some predictions for the uh, top three, but uh, gotta say this first, uh, our predictions coming up, they're brought to you by Midnight.com, that's M-I-D-N-I-T-E.com If you're from the UK, then remember to sign up with the code WOMBO uh, to get 20 pounds in bet credits when you bet 20 pounds on Dota 2 and support the show, it does help support us as well so, uh, check that out guys Uh, in fact, I do have uh, this little commercial to help explain it a little bit more so sit tight, we'll be right back There you go. So, again, midnight.com. Check it out for yourselves, uh, specifically from the UK, as noted right there. But um, So that leads us into our lower finals matchup, which is VP Prodigy versus Team Liquid. Now, yeah, making a good point, just because this is a newer team slash, not necessarily organization, but uh, obviously a newer idea for what VP is doing right here. Still certainly recognizable players and good ones at that. Um, but... Uh, the odds, uh, according to Midnight.com, actually do favor Team Liquid. It's 1.42 to 2.64 in favor of Liquid. Now, for those that may be unfamiliar real quickly with how odds work, again, I'm not necessarily a genius on these either, but simply put, that means in the case of for US dollars, so if you put a dollar on Team Liquid, you would win $1.42 uh, in response, or if you put a dollar on VP Prodigy, you would win $2.64. Uh, in response as well. So it, it, it makes it pretty clear Liquid is the favorite team here in in this matchup. And I want to say they're heavily favored according to this, but certainly uh, favored. Are those uh, are those numbers that you would agree, tend to agree with? Yeah, I was about to, I was going to say that I'd put it at around 2 to 1 or so, maybe 3 to 1 so for Liquid. So that that sounds about right to me. Like they're that I'd say they're 2 to 3 times more likely to win this series. Uh, I think that I said towards the end of ESL they looked really good. Uh, like when they this team's the definition of hot and cold. Like that's that's just who they are, and they looked really hot at the very end of we play or at the very end of ESL one. Obviously, it was way too late to make a run in that tournament, um, but they've definitely carried it through to this tournament. Their only loss is to Secret in the playoffs, so uh, you know it's kind of alley ooping us into the finals here, I guess. But I, I do believe Team Liquid will will take this series uh, based on the statistics two zero. <laughs> Uh, of, of the playoffs so far. Uh, but then I, I still am favoring Secret after that. Okay, yeah, it's. I almost don't want to because it feels like just when I get back on that train of like, all right, things are looking good again for my Liquid Boy, it just all falls apart. But uh, I do find it hard to play with how they've been looking. It's not like there's a huge break again. They're playing yet again tomorrow. They looked great earlier today in both of their series against Alliance and VP. So I, I do see that continuing, absolutely. And I think the odds uh, certainly line up pretty well. Because, again, it's not a runaway by any means. I could see Prod- I could see a world where Prodigy wins a series, absolutely. But uh, I 
I'm definitely going with you with Liquid uh, winning the series 2-0 as well, continuing that trend. So, as mentioned, going to the Grand Finals, that means it'd be a Liquid Secret Grand Finals, uh, technically the third time they would have met now as they met at the group stages, of course, where Liquid, uh, if I recall, they beat them, yeah, they beat them 2-1 in the group stages, remember? That's where people really started paying attention to Liquid with this event. They're like, okay, maybe they're here. Uh, then they lost them in the semifinals, as you had mentioned as well. Um, the grand finals are a best of five. Yeah, just clarifying on that. They are a best of five, so it will not be a 2 nothing. At least we got that True. coming for us. Uh, but uh, certainly a 3 nothing is there. I, I, I would lean towards 3-1 to one secret, I think, is a safe bet uh, for that one as far as the series score goes. I'll go ballsy and say 3-2. to two. I think Liquid will, will give them a run for their money but still lose. All right, fair enough. Uh, as far as how odds look for that, again, there's nothing uh, on it just yet as any of the two teams. But um, yeah, it's it, I, I would I would say it's it's going to look a little bit rougher uh, than the VP Prodigy yeah. Liquid series. Uh, maybe it's be more like 1. of the three to like two point eight or something. I think. Yeah, more. Yeah, even the three range. So it's it's potentially gonna be around there. But again, definitely uh, check it out. That's uh, midnight.com for you UK viewers and listeners. Uh, for all your esports betting needs, as they they do more than Dota two, but of course Dota two, the focus here. So there you go. Here's our predictions for the We Play event. Um, now I think that covers all of that. It looks like it does. So okay, now uh, are we going to push this off another week? No, <laughs> let's go ahead and do this. Let, let, let's just do it. We we've been teasing it for a while, so why not? Um, now, again, initially this idea came up because the NFL draft had actually taken place uh, just prior to the show a couple of weeks ago. And it, it fueled the idea, well, no, let's kind of do our own draft in a sense of if you had to build around a specific player for a specific position, who's that player you would take? Uh, so it's not necessarily, you know, no, I don't want us to just choose like a full-on all-star team of every single position, as that's, you know, a discussion we've had plenty of times. But uh, for the individual positions, if you kind of had to take almost four randoms around that one specific player, you know, who would that player be? So that that's the idea that we're going with. So, um Let's go bottom up. Let, let, let's let's go bottom up. So we'll start with the the captain role. We'll start with the captain role. Uh, I'll go first for this one. For me, it was, it's uh, I don't want to say obvious, but maybe a little bit of bias, but also it makes sense. No tell for me has to be the captain that I would absolutely love to build a team around. Two time Ti winner after all goes way back to the Han days. So there, there's that going for the bias part there. But um, he's also a player that's played. I'm pretty sure he's played actually every single position at a very high tier level in this game. And he's one of the few that can say he's done that uh, or more recent viewers may, may not even know that. And it's kind of funny because this guy was known for playing mid Meepo for, for example, amongst many other heroes, you know, back in the earlier days of Dota two. So uh, no tell, not only a great captain as far as his vibe goes, but certainly a great player on the, uh, I almost said, I want to say on the court, but doesn't really work here in in the game of Dota 2. But, yeah, BSJ, who's your captain? Uh, just to be devil's advocate somehow, I'd, I'd definitely just go with Puppy. I think, like, he's got the most unique approach to Dota out of all the drafts and captains I've seen over the course of the years. And I think that, like, No-Tail has this idea that he can basically turn any group of guys to have the same mindset of, like, that, you know, friendship vibe. I feel like Puppy's just, like, 
a dictator that people are more than happy to be dictated by. You know, like that's the kind of funny part about the dynamic of two different captains for me. Uh, and I think puppies like regime, you know, maybe I'll call it is something that would be like any, any good player could fit into his bill. And I think that like, they'll make it work. You know, he has enough understanding of the game that his drafting style will just shift based on whatever players are suited in his lineup, which I think is very rare amongst captains in general, not to say that these other famous captains don't have it, but that's what I admire the most about puppy for sure. Yeah. Puppy's an interesting one because the idea, he obviously does have that little more strict presence to him. Um, Now I've heard different sort like, you know, when you get to know him, he's obviously, you know, a very cool guy, but um, I like many others. He's one of the few that, with all these events that I've been to, I've had the chance to be around a lot of these players that I, I personally am, am intimidated to almost, you know, oh, be in his presence and be like, I'm just going to go to this too. side of the room. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but certainly he has the accolades for being uh, considered here and uh, really no surprise to choose him. So I, I think it's fair to say an obvious uh, honorable mention would be uh, Groki, of course. Yeah. But, um, and then, uh, you know, a couple of other names certainly do come to mind. But, uh, all right, so I had no tail. You had puppy. All right, so uh, support role. Now, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Uh, FY, for sure. Okay. He's, like, the most standout for position that comes to mind uh, for me. I think, yes, he has a one TI. Like, yes, maybe he's lacking stuff like Jerax has in terms of his uh, portfolio of wins. But I think if I had to build a team around him, I think that he just makes it work and he's the playmaker. He, like Every team needs one player like FY. And I think from the forward position, if you can get that, it's like a, a game changer in terms of the dynamic of the team and what um, he will offer that very few other players ever will. Good one, definitely. Um so mine, <laughs> uh, so I, I struggled with this one a little bit because certainly that's a bigger name. Fy was one of the one of the names I was definitely going through. Um, now I, I'll, I'll preface this with I wanted to have a little bit of diversity when it came to the regions, especially. Um, and all right, I'm just gonna say Z Freak, my boy Z Freak. Uh, as far as support player goes now a couple of reasons that come to mind one i mean when it comes to his skill in the game there's you know it's i think it's fair to say he certainly is a very very skilled support player um as far as his presence now again the idea of building a team around a player i know firsthand personal experience with him that he's he's a very down to earth very kind dude he just wants to you know he wants to just play to win and he will do he'll make sacrifice to make sure that happens so that's kind of the mentality i was going with especially being able to know him a little bit more on a personal uh level um so for support I chose Z Freak. Now I know that's that's okay. definitely gonna you know th- people are gonna have the reaction to that and that's fair. Obviously, some other names that I was going through at least uh, Yaps were being one, GH another one. Um, as far as certainly success that they've had, and Z Freak hasn't had the top top tier success that of course these other players have had, but uh, he had he has had some good uh, experience out there, and I could see uh, building a team around him. So there you go. I can see that. All right, so you're you're very okay. I appreciate, it. I appreciate. It. I was I was wondering if there's gonna be some hey, backlash there. But pick like the super obvious ones. Yeah, if you're willing to build a team around him. I could see it. Okay, like he's definitely the type of four that is not a tier one player that I could see building a team around. 
All right, so that leads us to the offlane roll. Um, I'll do this one. We'll just go back and forth. So uh, my offlane was Zai. Uh, th- this was actually a pretty easy one for me um, because I go back to the logic of diversity as far as what he's able to play and how he fits into teams. He's proven time and time again he can just do it. And he, you can always rely on Zai to do what he needs to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thankfully I've actually had the chance to have a personal relationship with him too as far as getting to talk with him behind the scenes. And um, he's, he's just a very down-to-earth, very, very chill guy. Uh, plays to win, baby. So uh, Zai for me would be my offlaner. Uh, to be honest, I was going to choose Zai as well, but just to give an argument for somebody else, uh, that comes to mind that fits the same reasons why I would choose Zai, uh, it would be Ice Ice Ice. I just think, like, when it comes to these offlaners, the definition of, like, what makes these offlaners, like, world-class is that, like you said, they just make it work. Like, they can just make a game look winnable or, like, look... Like, a game that on paper just makes no sense. Like, how do we ever win this game? They'll just, like, do some random crap that, you know, makes their lane work, makes their matchup work, some random build that makes their hero impactful in a game where it seems like it shouldn't be. And I think that that mentality as an offlaner is, like, incredibly... Like, that level of knowledge and understanding is matched by very few players in the world. And if I was building a team around an offlaner, that's like where I would want to start would be an offlaner that can just do it. Like, like you said, it really is like what I think is the defining trait of an offlaner. So mm-hmm. uh, we're pretty on, we're on the same page in terms of what like we would be looking for from an offlaner. My one, you know, to, to kind of go with what we're doing here, um, as far as building a team around for years to come. My, my one argument against a player like Ice 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 has great history he's had and still is a good, very good player. He is a little bit older. He is 29 years old. Uh, so, you know, getting up there as he's far as... He still got it, though, man. He, I mean, he it. absolutely does. But, you know, Zai 22, he's got, you know, 10 plus, man, in front of him if he wants to. So, um, that, that, but to, it's kind of funny I, I bring that up because... Uh, it was a topic that was brought up. I was random, watching a random Twitter. I was watching Hiko actually. For I'm sure many people know Hiko. The uh, he's now a Valorant streamer, former CS:GO. Uh, point is, he was talking about how he's thinking about going pro in uh, Valorant, but he's 30 years old. And this this stigma that oh you're too old to go pro in a video game, I, I personally think it is absolutely ridiculous uh, because esports is is just so new still as far as what we really know of it we're, we're, we're in a lot of ways still the first generation of these esport competitive gamers that we don't really know what this age limit is going to be as far as how long we can expect players to be able to play at a top tier level for uh these games so um i mean hell you look at traditional sports we're constantly being surprised you got tom brady now 50 70 years old okay he's more like 40 43 or something like that. But yeah. again, point is, he's still playing at an elite level as old as he is. So I guess I just kind of countered my own point right there by saying that. But it was a fun discussion, kind of an off topic there. Yeah, the point real quick for me is that like I think there's a lot of factors that are that go into being professional in esports. And age is obviously a limitation. But if you make up for it in other areas, like it can absolutely be overcome. And yes, there's obviously proof that your reaction times and everything become slower. But there's also so much to be gained from experience and like maturity over time from like understanding how to compete and all that kind of stuff that like is actually impossible to gather as like a 20 year old kid. Yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, I just think that that aspect of it is underestimated by a lot of the general population. And there's really just like freaks of nature, like Sumail and stuff, where, you know, they got that experience at age 15 so that at the age of 20, they have the maturity that they should not have, you know. Um, so in that case, it's like, yes, they're just going to be world class. But in most cases, I think it's like impossible to overcome that experience barrier. But um, yeah, that's that's just my little flavor on top of what you said. All right, so mid uh, mid lane. This should be an interesting one here. A lot of choices to choose from, no doubt. So uh, I'll let you go first on this one for the mid laner. I honestly, this was my hardest one. <laughs> this was actually my hardest one, and I was going to make the meme about uh, about Eternal Envy, <laughs> but oh, I'm God. like, eh, not going to be that much of a jokester today. Uh, I'll just have to go simply put, like, with the up-and-coming, like, go with the future plan and just say Nisha. You know, three of my players were from Secret, sadly, but, like, I I do think there's a reason why they're just consistently world-class, and I think Nisha is just... Man, I don't get it, man. I watch his games. He's just so freaking good. Like, that's all I really got about him. Like, you just watch the mid lane, and they just have to have this style factor, you know, this, like, swag where... For whatever reason, they just win their matchups. They just outplay their opponent. They just push their buttons that much better than the other guy. And obviously, super young, up and coming. I think he hasn't even come close to reaching his full potential. And uh, yeah. any captain would be happy to captain a player like that. So BSJ, he was born in 2000. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. yeah think. Oh, my God. He's 19 years old. Yeah, that's... Uh... He's got a bright future continuing to have in front of him. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's it's one that I thought about as well. Didn't end up with it. Mainly kind of goes back to the idea. That, yeah, I don't want that's funny, is that Secret's a really good team, man. And so it'd be understandable <laughs> if we had multiple players. So I already had Zai from Secret, so I wanted to stay away. Obviously, I was thinking about Yapster as well. Um, but uh, for my mid laner. I, I actually went with somebody that uh, I've been very impressed with since I came in and, and to the uh, Dota 2 scene of really about 2016. That's uh, when I started getting very actively involved in casting and stuff and paying attention to it. And really, especially at that time, that's when Virtus Pro was beginning their very dominant run over a two-plus year period. Um, and I still think to this day, obviously, they're, they're a very, very good team. Dropped a little bit, but the individual player that still shines for me is no one. Um, no yep. one is technically still... I, I, I hear people talk about it constantly as far as... E- being matched up against him, he will constantly do the right thing and throw you off guard. Um, he, he's only 22 years old, so you're not not as young as Nisha, but still, again, uh, a younger player. That and, and and from what I've heard, again, don't know the guy too well personally, but he seems like just a very fun guy to be around, very generally fun guy uh, as well. And I think that is important for a team atmosphere. So I think he'd fit very good if you know happen to have a captain like no, or uh, no tail in that situation there. So, but uh, yeah. No one for me would be my my mid player of choice. Yeah, I, uh, somebody in chat mentioned, uh, you know, what about the Chinese pro players? I did mention FY, but in terms of the mid lane, to give an honorable mention, I, I think Emo would be a player on in that region that, to me, I'd be very excited to build a team around. You obviously have, like, Somnus, mm-hmm. um, or maybe, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Wait, who did you say? Like, I said Emo. Emo, okay, gotcha. Sorry. Yeah, I, I just I watched him play like his first major tournament, and he had this like crazy aggression factor where he he's he's just insane. You know, you watch him play, and it's just like this guy's nuts. And I think like if he were able to like refine that to a point of like perfection, 
that he'd be definitely one of the scariest players out there. And he's like the playmaker from the mid that every team would like to have. So um, like his aggression levels were just insane. His only drawback I thought was that he would sometimes just feed away because he was so aggressive. But I think over time, the experience that comes is like being able to hone that skill. And uh, a lot a very few players have that level of aggression that he has. So that's like my honorable mention for uh, the mid lane for the Chinese region. It's, it is a little interesting, isn't it? That neither one of us have brought up the name Samel yet. Um, well, he's not a, he's not in any of the positions that we've mentioned. Yet. Well, okay. Inter- okay. <laughs> Did I just spoil something? All right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, he's, so when, when I think Sumail, I, I think, I think mid lane personally, I, 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 yes, you're right. He actually doesn't play mid lane technically right now, but I mean, I don't care what position he plays. I, I still see him as a true mid laner, but, um, personally, again, I, I definitely obviously add him up there and thought on the list, but, um, all right, well, Carrie, so who's your choice, BSJ? Okay, everyone sit down so you don't get too shocked and thrown back out of your chair or whatever, but I was going to say Sumail because I think I've watched him and uh, obviously he was a mid laner his entire career. And I'm going to give an example from my real life where um, back when I was in high school and I ran track, I ran the 400 meter and the guy I lost state to like the only guy in the state of Arizona that had a faster time with me than me, his name was Devin Allen. And he was the sophomore while I was a senior who primary event was the 110 meter hurdles. And he didn't even practice the 400 meter. Like he had never even ran it in an event prior to, um, prior to the state championship. And I was just like, this is not fair. Like how the hell is this guy so good at this event when he doesn't even train for it? And needless to say, he ended up going to the Olympics for the 110 meter. Uh, First qualification from the U S like first place. And I look at a player like Sumail and I say, man, I've been playing carry for like seven years and Sumail's just played mid. And I come and I watch his games of carry and I'm just like blown away by like what he's done in like his short time of playing the carry role. I think he's like almost born to play the carry role. Like, yes, he's a mid laner. Yes. He's a stylish player, but like the level of aggression he brings with like the farm that he has is just like, I've learned so much watching him in such a short amount of time in a way that he applies his mid lane style to the safe lane is quite a marvel to behold. And, uh, So for me, it's this awe factor of like, what can't this kid do? And I really do think he's a freak of nature in every capacity. So I, even though he's technically historically been a mid laner, if I had to say of all the carries in the scene that I have the utmost respect for in terms of raw skill and what they offer to a team, it would be Sumail. It really is a bummer that we, we actually have not gotten to see this OG roster in a legit form, have we? It is. Yeah. Trust me. It's a bummer. For me, especially. Yeah, for a lot of people, <laughs> for a lot, I mean, a lot of fans out there that you know are very hyped about this announcement as a big one, of course, uh, with mid one coming over, Samil being their position one. But uh, we we haven't got to see it yet. Hopefully, that's something, of course, uh, amongst everything going on that we do get the chance to witness sooner than later. But um, okay, so you have Samil for your position one. Obviously, completely understandable there. Um, I, I continued with the theme of trying to 
spread things out a little bit. And back to the point earlier about lack of uh, Chinese representation. Uh, again, you had FY, so we already did have that somewhat. But um, I went with uh, Eurus, a.k.a. Paparazzi, as okay. there's been known in more recent years. But um, it goes back to uh, there's a lot of names that you could certainly choose, especially for the core roles that uh, I don't think anyone would be necessarily too surprised about. I would hope that Paparazzi's up there on that list for many people as well. Um, but having an accolade where he's been a back-to-back 1v1 champion at the uh, Dota Asian 2 Championships uh, as a safe lane player against all these top-tier mid players, um, I think that in itself also helps uh, build up the idea that he's a player I certainly wouldn't mind building a team around on top of uh, consistently a very solid player for his uh, his squad there. But, um, yeah. A lot of these decisions for me were just like if I was, say, a manager for a team and I was reaching out to other players to form a team and I had to be like, hey, guys, I've 100 percent got this guy in this position. Will you join the team and play? You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's how I chose my players. So it's like if I if I told somebody it's like, hey, man, I'm building a team. I've got Sumail in the carry, you know, or I've got FY in the fourth position. Like, what do you think? It's like, who's going to say no? You know, <laughs> like, uh, who's not going to join that team? I don't know uh, if Peter would want to join with Samil. Just that's you know. true. Yeah, you know what? Well, <laughs> Peter's not playing anymore, so I've already ex- I've already calculated the non-retired that wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the non-retired exactly. So that's just how I kind of thought about it myself. So just to give the last little <clears throat> bit of context to the situation. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, so. Uh, that was fun. That was fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that as well. So uh, tell us what you think. Obviously leave comments, whether it's the Reddit thread or YouTube comments as well, wherever you listen or watch the show. Uh, we appreciate it. And shout out to the active chat here in this uh, live stream portion. It's yeah. fun to see. It definitely helps with the show. Really appreciate you guys being here. And um, as we start to wind down now for this episode, uh, I do want to reiterate, feel free to hit that follow button, even subscribe to the channel. It does help out our podcast as well as the plethora of podcasts under the prediction umbrella. So I really do appreciate it. Um, and uh, looking forward already once again to another week ahead of us. But uh, this week is coming to a close. So BSJ. Battle pass for next week, please. One can hope. One can hope. Yeah, it's uh, with the working from home, you know, and everything. Who knows? But uh, hopefully, hopefully by next week's episode, that that's going to be fun to start talking about that content as well. Always, uh, always awesome to see what's in these battle passes, especially this big one coming up. So in these unique times that we're in. All right, let's officially do it, though. BSJ, uh, myself, uh, Breaking CBK. Thanks for tuning in, as always, to the Wombo Combo Podcast, another episode in the books. We'll see you guys next week, again, every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, here on this twitch.tv slash prediction esports channel. That's where we're at. Until next time, peace. Peace.